from American Falls to Malad, we've got the biggest stories in District 5 covered. This is the Southeast Idaho PrepCast with Jordan K. That's right. It is another edition of the Southeast Idaho PrepCast from IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey joined by Jordan K. from the Idaho State Journal in Pocatello. Jordan, how are you? Just hanging in there, you? Yeah, about the same. We uh, <laughs> we we got a little snow in eastern Idaho. Yeah. Not a but, right. Well, I'll tell you, it's probably nice for you. Uh, you have an apartment, which means you don't have to worry about shoveling or anything like no, that, right? No, I uh, I'm glad. Yeah, that is one of the big reasons to not have a uh, a house at my age. Don't have to rake leaves. Don't have to shovel snow. You know, I can avoid all those hassles, which is nice. That's right. That bit, that big city apartment life that Jordan's living in Pocatello, Idaho. Big city Pocatello. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, the uh, Southeast Idaho PrepCast is brought to you by Pure Adrenaline Motorsports, your source for pulse pounding, adrenaline sports apparel, and accessories that ensure you have what you need to unleash your inner beast. Um, let's talk about you. You are busy at the ISJ, right? Not just high school stuff, but Idaho State University as well. How about those Bengals on the football field? I did not expect that. They beat uh, number seven UC Davis. Uh, somehow Idaho State went 0-4, then just flipped everything around, started looking you know, like a really uh, you know, creative football team, had interesting play calls, a defense that was attacking the ball, just a uh, complete shift from the first four games. And now they uh, – face Portland State this week. We'll see if they can keep up their momentum a little bit. That should be a nice layup for ISU. Portland State is uh, not good. Yeah. So, and to be honest, I thought UC Davis was a little overrated as well. So probably a little bit. Yeah, it was, they were what, 5-0 and and I don't know who yeah. they really, they hadn't played too many teams. I guess Tulsa, but they don't. Right. They, <laughs> they beat Weber too. They beat Weber State, but that was uh, a game that could have gone either way. Weber had their chances and so, yeah, anyways, uh, Big Sky Converse football, obviously keeping you busy. And also this time of year, uh, the postseason uh, has arrived. And so you've been doing a nice job of recapping all of the postseason soccer action that's going on. Uh, there are two champions already crowned uh, in Southeast Idaho from District 5, one on the boys' side, one on the girls' side, two, two of the earliest teams to clinch spots at state. Yeah, American Falls boys' soccer um, claimed it yesterday. They made state last year, had a kind of a tough, tough stretch, though. I think they had to go up to post falls. They were ended up playing games and it was just uh, their ankles were knee deep in snow. And it was not, I guess ankles can't be knee deep. They were ankle deep in snow. Um, that was a tough one. But the interesting thing about that is, um, you know, that 3A District 5, they get uh, one and a half bids to state. So Marsh Valley will actually play on Saturday um, against a District 6 team on uh, at Blackfoot High I think at like 3 p.m. and so whoever wins that will also get into state um and the way it looks right now for American Falls I think they'll probably be the number two seed if I'm not mistaken in that 3a bracket so you know they've got a good shot of advancing and you know making a run in state uh then on the girls side Marsh Valley um won 3a and they've just been a juggernaut all season I think they've lost one game uh just a fantastic goal scoring team it would seem like kind of a mismatch most of the times they played 3a competition um so yeah i expect them to probably you know be the favorites almost in in 3a to win state if not you know at least make the championship game so two teams that uh, look really good so far um heading into the state tournament 
Yeah, and of course the Highland girls uh, still undefeated will be playing for the uh, 5A District Five and Six Championship, yeah. and then uh, those those three team uh, 4A battles between yeah. Pokey, Preston, and Century. It's been pretty wild to follow that action so far. No, all those games are super close, and right now I think actually tonight it's going to be uh, Pocatello on the boys' side. It's uh, Pocatello at Preston. So Preston just needs to win one, and they get their birth to state. Pocatello would need to win two. And then it's exactly flipped on the girls' side. Uh, Preston plays at Pocatello, and the, the Indians will need to win two to get to state. Pocatello just needs to win one. And so that that district is so tight, and it's kind of a shame that only one team gets to get in from them because I think you know they could probably get an at-large if that's how it worked. But it's not, and uh, they'll kind of have to compete tonight and see you know if they can – um, keep their season going a little longer if the state bid will be, uh, you know, decided tonight. Yeah. O- opening game of the 4A districts uh, on the boys' side, Pokey and Century went to uh, penalty kicks, right? Yeah. And then uh, actually on Tuesday or on Monday night, they went into overtime again. And then I, it was like a junior, uh, Braden Magnuson got a, uh, a goal in the golden goal in the second overtime. So, you know, those have been just insanely tight, which is very odd given the, you know, Century has just kind of had uh, Pocatello's number all year, even though the records are, you know, a little different. Right. So, yeah, when, once you get to the postseason, uh, there's overtime. There's a second overtime. And then if it's not settled by then, then we go to penalty kicks. So you're yeah. starting to see that more and more. Well, I don't even – is it – I think, yeah, with those overtimes, it's like just technically one overtime period, but it's split into two 10-minute halves. So, I mean, I guess that's technically okay. – two overtimes or if it's, I don't know how you would call it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Maybe one overtime period, I guess. And then, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, It is weird. I hate things being decided by penalty kick. So I'm all for, you know, longer overtime, see if you can get it, uh, you know, actually score a real goal and not do these arbitrary, you know, you know, 10, 10 meter kicks or whatever it is. Yeah. No, no coach wants a match to, to come down to penalty kicks. That's for sure. So, Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the soccer landscape. By, by this time next week, Jordan, we're going to be able to preview state. We're going to talk about all the teams that are going to represent district five. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm excited. Finally. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be good. Football starting to heat up as well. Uh, of course, uh, district play started last week, finally at the four a level Preston w- with a statement. I thought a, a 32 to nothing shutout victory, over century, but Pocatello delivered a statement of its own in a non-conference game, defeating previously unbeaten Shelley 42 to 28. Shelley's now lost two in a row. I think they've kind of lost their way, but uh Preston and Pocatello both looked really strong last week in football. No, those were uh those were huge wins. I wasn't too surprised by the Preston outcome. You know, Century fumbled the ball a lot. They're a young team, had some injury troubles, and you know, Preston should have taken care of business and they did. The Pocatello one, though, I was a little more surprised at. Um, it seemed like both teams were trending in opposite directions. People were really high on Shelly. They were ranked highly. Pocatello, on the other hand, had lost, you know, two games to 5A opponents. And people, you know, seemed to not be thinking as highly of them. But still, they're now undefeated still in 4A competition. They looked extremely good against the Shelly team that a lot of people really thought highly of. And now they go into this Preston game with a lot of momentum. Actually, both teams do. And the good thing is, you know, it's going to be indoors. We don't have to worry about the mud or the rain or snow or anything like that. So I'm excited for that matchup. I mean, that's pretty much whoever wins that game 
is going to be the uh, state tournament. I mean, heck, they could be the number one seed, however it works out. One, That's two, right. Three. So, I mean, it's huge just for seeding. I think both teams are going to make state regardless of what happens, but you don't want to be playing. Um, you don't want a tough first game. So whoever wins that will probably have a cupcake uh, early on, can can easily move on to the, uh, the quarterfinals. Um, but, yeah, you know, that's going to be kind of uh, both teams at their peak. We'll see how it goes. That's right. We talk about the max preps ratings that are used to seed the teams one through 16, except for those five conference champions automatically get the top, top five spots. Pocatello, if the playoffs started this week, would be the number one seed. How exciting Crazy. is that? Wow. And yeah. that's just based off the max prep rankings? Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, right Right now in uh, 4A football in the state of Idaho, uh, Pocatello has taken the top spot regardless of conference champion or not. So it's been pretty interesting to chart their progress. Obviously, defeating Shelly was a nice win for them. And then also their ability now to play Preston, a team that's also put up a nice record that could also really boost them um, and, and make sure they hang on to that number one spot. They're 11th in the entire state, number one in the 4A classification in max preps rating. So wow. it's exciting for the Thunder. For yeah, sure. It really is. I it's uh, And they got Ryan Payne back too last week, and he was just fantastic. Actually, that whole team was unreal. Um, I think Payne had, you know, he had an, a shoulder injury going, missed like the last, like I don't know, four weeks or something like that since the Highland game. And, you know, he had – 220 yards, four touchdowns, completed 60% of his passes. And, you know, Julian Bowie, their sophomore receiver, big, tall kid who, you know, really known for his basketball, came on that Highland game. He had, you know, two touchdowns, 142 yards, eight catches. And then their running game has just been fantastic. You got Riken Echohawk as a sophomore. He puts up, what, 280 yards, almost 300 yards against a team that people think are really good at. You know, you look at all that firepower that Pocatello has. I don't know if Preston's going to be able to to match it, but the thing Preston has going for it is just a really good offensive and defensive line. Pocatello's has been solid, but Preston is a big team that can be really physical in the trenches, and we'll see if Pocatello can kind of match that on Friday. Yeah, that's going to be a fantastic matchup. Is that where you're going to be at, Jordan? Yes, at Holt Arena. So I'm excited. Get to stay indoors, all warm, nice, you know, hash marks i'm really uh really looking forward to it yeah this time of year that's not a bad place to be okay so so last friday uh the the game you decided to go to uh because because we've talked about you're a sports staff of one at the idaho state journal so you kind of get jordan's game of the week and you go to one game in person and you write a really nice recap and i thought you made the correct choice this this past week in going to the marsh valley snake river contest Um, and I was, I'll have to, I have to admit, I was pretty surprised by the the outcome in this one. Marsh Valley wins 26 to seven. What is your analysis from that game? Uh, I don't think you can take too much from that game. I mean, it was just the sloppiest thing I've ever seen. It's tough to tell. I will say Marsh Valley was extremely disciplined, you know, just made all the correct reads adjusted on the fly. I mean, that's a team that's used Peyton Howe, their wide receiver, um, and turned him into one of the better 3A receivers in the whole state. And, the, I mean, Snake River really shut him down early. It was also wet and rainy, so the passing game's not going to be as good. And they shifted extremely well. Michael Belknap started 
getting a lot more carries. He was running the ball really well. Hunter Roche, their quarterback, started taking more carries. He, um, you know, scampered, I think, for like a 71-yard something touchdown uh, that really uh, you blew the game open in the second half. And so they showed that they could win multiple ways. But, I mean, Snake River fumbled the ball like four times. And if you want to, you know, put that as an indictment on them, you know, do it. But, I mean, it was a rainy, rainy game. And they had, I think, like three possessions where they fumbled or were intercepted, like on the first snap. I mean, the first play of the game, they fumbled. All of a sudden, Marsh Valley's got the ball in the red zone. The Snake River muffed a punt. All of a sudden, Marsh Valley's got a, the ball in the red zone. Another fumble, red zone. I mean, Marsh Valley, every time they scored, it seemed like, except for that Roach touchdown, were just in, like, perfect field position. So, I mean, it seemed like Snake River kind of almost just gave the game away, and I don't know if it's a huge um, reflection of exactly how the two teams are matched. If they played in Holt Arena – on a dry night, I think we could tell a lot more about both teams, but it was so, so tough. I don't know if you can, you know, make a, a case either way. Okay. One of those games where sometimes weather happens and you yeah. chalk it up to the elements. It's funny you mentioned Holds Arena because that is where Marsh Valley is headed. Both for, teams, actually. Or, uh, yeah. Oh, Snake, Snake River is going to be in Holds Arena as well. Yeah. So I think Gooding at Marsh Valley is the first game. Um, on Thursday night, and then American Falls Snake River is the second game. It's going to be like a Thursday night doubleheader in Holt Arena. So okay, yeah. Now, are you going to be there for that as well, Jordan? Yes, going to try and hit both of them. Okay, so let's let's talk about let's talk about Marsh Valley first. This is going to be a good measuring stick. Gooding is the third ranked team in three A. They are undefeated. You'll finally get to see the University of Michigan commit uh, Colston Loveland up close and personal. The Gooding tight end. It's going to be a good game. Yeah. Wow. I uh, I totally forgot about that. I remember seeing him and just didn't. I guess put two and two together. All right. Cool. Yeah. Now. I, I heard I heard a rumor that the Harbaugh's are actually going to be at that game, Jordan. So I don't believe that. No, no, I, I seriously did. We, did, really? we did the magic. We did. We do the Magic Valley prep cast each week uh, where we talk about Twin Falls area district four stuff with Scott Burton. And he he was talking to some of the good in coaches and it sounded like the Harbaugh's were going to be there. So, wow. Already. Yeah, well, have to keep an eye out. I, I guess I will now. Yeah, we'll see if they <laughs> uh, make the trek to Holt Arena. OK, well, that'll be uh, that'll be pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, this is going to be a real litmus test for Marsh Valley. Um, they won a really big game against Snake River. They're now in the driver's seat of that, that conference. But um, this is going to see how they really stack up in terms of the entire 3A landscape in the state, not just District 5. Uh, we can, you know, I don't know if they have the, the you know, height, I guess, to compete with, uh, you know, a Michigan commit. But Peyton Howe is a pretty solid you know, cornerback on the outside. He had another pick against Snake River, a timely one too. He had three the week before against South Fremont and Keeman Peebles. Uh, so I think they've got the the athletes to, you know, make a run, but, you know, do they, you know, have the height and size to, to really match up? We'll see. Yeah, that'll be a good matchup. And then, uh, honestly, the second game will be uh, more important, I think, yeah. because basically this is a playoff game, right? Second place from District 5 gets a playoff spot. Uh, third place does not, right? So, yeah. I mean, now you're talking about Snake River season on the line here against American Falls. Yeah, and, you know, the Jeb Harrison, the Snake River coach, was very aware of that after the game. He was like, hey, th this loss sucks. You know, we thought we had prepared for the rain. We were dousing the balls in water you know, during every practice snap, but Hey, you know, we still have a chance to keep our season alive. All we need to do is beat American falls. 
that's the goal now. And I think that's kind of the right message is, hey, we had a tough game on Friday. All it's going to take, though, is one win against an American Falls team. Um, and you can really turn your season, keep it going at least. You know, you might not have the greatest playoff ranking, might not have the best matchup in the first round, but your season's alive. You lose to American Falls. I mean, you can mark the end date of your year, and you don't exactly want that. For American Falls, I mean, they haven't – this is their first district game. I mean, all you've got to do, I mean, you can tell your team, hey, we control our entire destiny. We we beat Snake River. We beat Marsh Valley. We win the conference. Heck, we beat one of these teams. Well, I guess you would have to beat Snake River. Beat Snake River, you're in second place. You're going to state. I mean, it's a pretty – you know, if you want to talk about getting up for a game, this is a pretty easy, you know, pitch to your guys. Hey, this is all we need to keep our season alive. So – that's going to be really interesting when you've got stakes that are that defined. It's a pretty cool game. Um, the last time we saw American Falls was that Aberdeen game week one. Uh, since then, they've rattled off a couple wins, and I'm excited to see their progress uh, You know, weeks later. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a lot of fun to to watch both of those games. I'm excited to to read your recaps of them in the Idaho State Journal. You can read that online as well at idahostatejournal.com. 2A ranks. The big game was Aberdeen. They fell North Fremont 44 to 18. North Fremont still undefeated. Now they have to turn around and play West Side this week. So you're talking about in back to back weeks, Aberdeen playing maybe the two best teams in the state in terms of 2A football. Yeah, it's not an easy, uh, easy look. I, I though I will say for Aberdeen's sake, uh, Brody Beck was out with uh with an injury. So, you know, as much as bad as the score looks, they weren't at, you know, full power. So, you know, I think that's probably an easier loss to handle. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to play against Westside, but that's another game where it's, I don't know, what what do you expect? I mean, the whole year, they, you know, the Aberdeen players really were looking forward to this game. This is their big test. You know, can we beat Westside? Can we, you know, really take control of 2A District 5? I don't know if they're going to be able to do it, but even if they don't, you know, they still got a good shot at state. Just win your other conference games and you're in the tournament. Um, no one's kind of expecting them to, to win this game and they don't need to, to keep their season going. Right. Kind of playing with house money a little bit for, yeah, that's, that's how I would look at it at least. (laughs) Yep. For sure. Okay. Now here's an interesting development from, from district five and into a football Jordan right now in the max preps ratings, uh, the way the two, a bracket works is the five conference champs automatically get in for 2a and then and then the remaining spots are all at large right we saw every single team from district five make the playoffs last year because of that i'll tell you right now when you look at the max preps ratings for 2a football bear lake is ranked sixth in the entire state for 2a football despite being just three and three so if bear lake can continue to show up and get the wins they're supposed to we're all of a sudden talking about bear lake probably making the playoffs wow I uh, yeah. did not did not realize that, but I will say, you know, two of their losses, as bad as, you know, a three and three record is, is to Westside, the number one team who's hasn't lost a game and Firth, who's the number two team and has only lost one game. And the way we know about the max prep rankings is it, you know, rewards you for kind of losing the teams with good records. And so, you know, as bad as, you know, Bear Lake probably doesn't want to be 500, but those are some good teams to lose to, I guess. Well, and their, and their third loss was to Jackson hole, Wyoming. Oh. Jackson is six and one and their only loss was to Pocatello. Yeah. That's a kind of the, a nice, nice little way to, to be three and three. So yeah, I mean, Bear Lake has firepower. 
I mean, they're a really pass heavy team that has good athletes. And if you're going to be three and three, that's not a bad, uh, bad three losses to have. Yep, for sure. They play Malad this week. Uh, let, me, let me double check that. They play uh, Soda Springs. Sorry, Soda Springs. Yeah, another winnable, that's a winnable game. Yep, for sure. Got to win the ones that uh, you're supposed to at this point of the season. All right, two things before we uh, duck out of here, Jordan. I wanted to give a special shout out to North Gem. They continue to excel. They had a big conference game with Water Springs. They won that going away 62-24. to 24. But in the process, Bridger Hatch, senior quarterback for North Gem, ran for 442 yards and six touchdowns. The 442 yards is a new school record. Really? Yes. Did not realize that. Yeah. And he had six touchdowns. He had six touchdowns last week, which means he has now a dozen in the last two weeks. I mean, he's unreal. Watching them is so fun. I was so happy to, to go out there last week. And uh, we'll have a story on Bridger Hatch in the uh, Friday edition of the Idaho State Journal. So look out for that one. Yeah. Bridger averaged 21 yards per carry. That's uh, incredible. <laughs> that game. Yeah, pretty efficient. So yeah. way to go, North Gem. They continue to, to be awesome. They're playing Mackie this week. Mackie is winless. They're they're struggling with numbers right now. Yeah. North Gem should be six and one. Okay. And then the big matchup this Friday night on IdahoSports.com, Jordan. It, it is the game Ooh. that fans in East Idaho have been waiting for. I'm gonna be there broadcasting it Ooh. in Rigby. It is Highland. It is Rigby. Give us the breakdown. I don't know a ton about Rigby. Haven't seen him play since last year. But Tiger Adolfo is unreal. Uh, watching his highlights, watching him last year, a recent Weber State commit, it's going to be the best quarterback that Highland has faced all season long. He's going to cause you know a ton of problems for that secondary, and it's going to be interesting. I think the real key matchup is can the Highland front seven, can Cody Colgan and Sloan Lamson and Drew Roberts, can they cause you know disruption? To Tiger Adolfo, can they cause him to, you know, have breakdowns to to not be able to roll out, to not see his receivers downfield? And if Highland's defensive line is, you know, as good as we think it is, is that going to be enough to shut him down, to shut down that Rigby um, offense? I, I mean, Rigby's got, you know, one of the better offensive lines in the state, if not the best. They've got weapons on the outside. They've got maybe the best quarterback in the state. Uh, I just don't know if you know Highland has the the athletes to to do it. I mean, it seems like they their defense has been you know better than advertised. But I mean, Rigby's a different beast. They've just taken care of every every opponent they've seen this year. I mean, you you know you probably know more about Rigby. I mean, how do you think that that matchup goes? Yeah, so I've I've seen Rigby twice this year. Uh, I did the Post Falls game way back in September, and then I did the Blackfoot game last week. Yeah. Rigby's Rigby's defensive line is for real. They were they were pressuring. Uh, Jackson Grimmett from Blackfoot pretty consistently to the point where they just started rolling him out to try and avoid the rush. So that front seven for Rigby is is good. I know Highland's offensive line is also really good, though, so that's going to be a fun matchup. And then I think when you flip it, Highland's big strength this year has been the defensive line. Yeah. Rigby's big strength on offense has been their offensive line. And and Rigby, you know, they would they would prefer to just run it down your throat with Zeke Falavai and, and Tiger Adolfo. And that's really where the game was won against Blackfoot last week was Tiger Adolfo running the football. But dropping back to pass, not seeing anything and taking off and running. So if Highland can keep him contained and keep him immobile in the pocket, I think the Rams have a chance. Yeah, and I think that's probably where you look to the linebacking unit of of Highland. You know, Mason Fulmer 
has been fantastic this year, just a, a really versatile junior. Maybe they put him as a spy on Tiger Adolfo and just be like, okay, here's your job. Follow him around. You know, if he goes to the bathroom, you're flushing for him, you know, just figure out everywhere he goes, you're on, you're right next to him. So uh, that's going to be an interesting matchup. I know last year, I mean, I thought Highland was the better team, just had a, a few critical errors. There was a dropped pass in the end zone, a uh, muff punt late in the game. I mean, errors like that against the rugby team, you're not going to win. And I think Highland knows that they've got to play, you know, not per- maybe not a perfect game, but, you know, near perfect to, to pull it off. Yep, for sure. So that's this Friday from Rigby, Highland against Rigby. I'll be there for the call on IdahoSports.com. That's going to be a lot of fun. Jordan, enjoy all the football action you're going to take in this week as well. It's going to be exciting. I'm uh, I'm very uh, excited and very uh, excited to be indoors. So that's a nice thing. (laughs) For sure. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Southeast Idaho PrepCast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. It's brought to you by Pure Adrenaline Motorsports, your source for pulse pounding, adrenaline sports apparel and accessories that uh, ensure you have you what you need to unleash your inner beast. For Jordan K., I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.